picked off by Webster. Slick hands to Montagna. Wants to bring it wide to Ross. He's got a couple of metres on Dangerfield. Ross can get it and go. Runs to 51. Sets sail for home and puts it through. Well, there's a special shortened edition of Unplugged this week. We're going to jump inside the camp now with a man who led St Kilda through most of last season in the absence of Jaron Geary, uh, also won the best and fairest last season, a multiple best and fairest winner now at the club. I speak of Seb Ross. And Seb, thanks for, for joining us in, uh, in isolation this week. No worries, guys. Happy to be on. It's good to see some fresh faces. <laughs> now, in terms of the, the information, I mean, we, we know that you know, during this podcast, things are sort of developing around in other states, Western Australia and, and South Australia. From from your point of view, how frequently are you getting information about training resumptions and, and the possibility of, of playing? Is, is the club sort of briefing you as often as they can? Yeah, that's right. It's sort of just information that, that trickles down from the AFL and uh, being in the leadership group, we meet once a week and, and we're probably privy to the information a little earlier than the rest of the group. But um, the AFL PA, they, they've sort of been, they've been doing weekly catch-ups as well. Uh, so we have, we get information. Uh, we have a big team meeting on a, on a Sunday night, which is all the boys involved just sort of to kick off the week and um, whatever, whatever information rats or letters is sort of got for us on a return to training. We, we get it there. And then usually by Tuesday, when we've got our leadership meeting, something's, something's changed up or some more information's um, trickling down. And then the AFLPA are sort of setting up a meeting on those Tuesday afternoons and Wednesdays as well when, when they, they get info. So we're getting kept in the loop, but um, what I'm sort of, what this whole sort of process has shined a light on is, is the uncertainty everyone. So um, they, can, they make plans one week, but then they sort of have to change, change their plans to, what sort of state government's decision-making, federal government's decision-making. So um, still plenty of uncertainty and you can't really, it's really hard to plan for anything at the moment, really. Uh, Seb, as, as you know it right now, as we're recording, what is the latest? Uh, I, I think, well, we're getting tested um, for COVID tomorrow. Um, and then I think we are planning to resume at training sort of the middle of next week and that's just in groups of tens but um i I think what the afl has tried to do over this this period is keep it all even and so everyone has it's a fair playing field and um we still know the wa boys and the and the sa boys they've sort of they've had to return and go into a quarantine period so um I don't know when they finish that quarantine period but i assume that's we'll all be able to sort of resume training when when those boys come out of that now, I asked Tim Memory last week, um, how are you situated with if you have to go into a hub si- uh, situation or be away from family for weeks at a time? How are you feeling about that situation if it happens? Yeah, look, initially, initially it really, it sort of it rocked me a little bit just because I've got, um, I've got my wife and my 17-month-old daughter at home. So it's something that, and it still doesn't quite it sit with me that well, particularly that the scenario where uh, we're going to be away for 20 of 21 weeks. Um, that took me a while to sort of to let the dust settle on that one. Um, and I think by the time I sort of was able to put more thought in it, they weren't happening anymore. So I was really, I was really happy once I found out that they weren't 
they weren't going ahead. But um, yeah, initially it caused quite a bit of angst um, for me and my family, particularly because it was one of the, it was one of those situations uh, where it sort of just got dropped on us. So we went from having all this uncertainty in our lives already um, with with contracts and seasons and. Uh, just what the sort of the immediate future looks like. And then that sort of just gets dropped on you from nowhere. So um, yeah, quite a bit of angst in my family and particularly with, we're not, we're not Melbourne. So my, our families um, don't live in Melbourne. So then the sort of the worry sets in about um, is my wife and daughter, are they going to be able to get the support they need um, if we're still under these really strict restrictions where you sort of basically got to stay at home other than go to the supermarket. So um, yeah, it caused quite a quite a stir. What's the ideal training load? So, for example, if you got back in middle of next week, how long after that do you feel the players would be ready to play? I know you've been doing stuff to, to keep fit and there's been programs, but I think some have suggested that a three-week yeah. run-in, some have suggested five is ideal, whether they split the middle in it and it's four. If you start training, how long do you think the group needs to be ready to play? Um. I don't. Th- I don't. Th- I think five's probably probably too long. Um, I can't really speak for what other the other footy clubs programs look like, but um, I feel like our programs pretty um, pretty sort of well planned and put together in terms of being able to keep us match fit. The only thing we've really been able to haven't been able to sort of expose our bodies to is that sort of contracts contact side of training, so that the, the tackling and the um, pack marking and, and that sort of thing. So I think that's um, for us. I think we'll be we'll be ready to go whenever uh, the AFL allows to, simply because of the program that they've put in place. And uh, it hasn't been like an off season. Hasn't we haven't treated it like an off season at all, where you basically become uh, a superstar time trialist. <laughs> you still we've still been able to keep that footy base up. So um, three weeks. Um, I hope is probably the mark that they come around because I'd, I'd rather get into footy than later because we've already done, what was it, about nearly six months of pre-season and then another another nearly 10-week block now. So ready for games. What's what's your individual program look like over, over this period? Has it been really kind of centralised around specifically you or has it been a more generic kind of maintenance program? And, and what does that look like for you on a, a daily or weekly basis? Uh, for, I've sort of fallen into the more the more generic program. Um, the majority of the playing list would just because I don't have a history of um, sort of hot spots or bone bone stress injuries. So those guys sort of their training programs have been um, adapted for for those guys. But it's been it's been pretty similar to what we try and sort of emulate in season. So um, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Uh, well, like so today, for instance, there's about nine to ten k um, training session just in pairs, and that that consists of uh, a fair bit of footy skills and a few, a few running drills, but more predominantly based around um, footy skills. And then and Tuesday is a bit more of a, a lighter day, as what it would be early on in the week in season. And then um, and then Saturday, there have sort of been um, up to the individual you can sort of you make up your own session you can do a, a go for a long bike ride um so for instance the, the if you're going to choose to do a running session or make one up it has to be around around sort of 10ks so that can be 10k trail run or it can be 
you can break it up however you want or um, I think the other option sort of a 40k bike ride or, or something like that but I've just been sticking to the running and um, it's sort of it's been a little bit different but I don't know I'm, I'm sort of sick of training in pairs because it sort of reminds me of being in rehab and <laughs> in doing the one-on-one skills with the, the sort of rehab guys um, which is which is never fun and it's actually harder work than training because you don't get the opportunity to stand on the back of cone and rest now you basically we heard last week that you are pairing off um quite often the senior players going with a one of the new players or one like one of the first two years sort of players um there any the youngsters that you've been hanging uh, training with that have really impressed and thinking they could be the next one to jump up or yeah yeah, who's who's hitting it well yeah, well, that's why I sort of alluded to earlier that I'd, I'd sort of want us to sort of get into games um, sooner rather than later because I've got trust that, that the group's been doing the work and, and that's one way we've sort of been able to um, or gain an understanding of where we're at because we've been changing up our training partners basically every every single training session from senior guys to, to younger guys. So uh, Jack Bytel and, and Ryan Burns, two of the younger fellas that sort of live live around in my sort of area. And then I've got guys like um, Jack Sinclair, Jack Billings is around the corner, uh, Jimmy Webster. Um, so I've been training with those guys. But um, oh, and Nick Byfield uh, as recently as the weekend. And so um, there's a good demographic there and you get to see where everyone's sort of fitness base is at and their training levels have been. And um, those guys have all been adhering, adhering to the program quite well. And um, yeah, so but it's 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 pretty it's pretty hard to to have a standout when you you just do one on one skills. But um, but what I will say is that the guys have kept themselves in in tip top shape and um, yeah, ready, I think, ready I think to go. Think, yeah, fingers crossed. The final one from from me in regards to to that in terms of the the state league aspect that we've just heard, where a lot of players aren't going to be able to play state league footy around the country, which obviously eradicates a lot of the the opportunity to play in the, in the reserves and therefore push your your name up. I guess that creates challenges for the group yeah. as well because you might have your twenty two, and some people have speculated maybe increasing to twenty four or twenty six, perhaps with with larger interchanges, but. I guess that's another challenge the club's going to have to work through and everyone's going to have to work through because you won't have players being able to put their hand up for selection based on game. Oh, yeah. It's a it's an incredibly tough situation from, from the top management right down to the bottom. And uh, we're all in situations that we've never been, been in before. And um, it's going to be something that we're going to have to be really conscious of managing the 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 sort of the mental um, stress that, that that's going to put on uh, basically half the list who aren't playing. And um, I sort of, I don't have the, I don't think anyone really has the answers on, on how to deal with it. Uh, but it's something we're just basically what we've been doing so far is just going to have to, to learn on the go. Cause there's, there's the, there's the side of it. This is just the reality of the situation. And, um, even getting back to the hub talk before you understand um, the needs and wants for the AFL to get the season up and running and why it, and why it needs to happen. But then um, you've got this whole other side of the, the mental and physical well-being of everyone um, and how you manage that um, 
like best as best you can with marrying it up with trying to get the season up and going. But um, it's definitely something that that we're really we're really conscious of, and um, even from the, the broader footy sense of only of only the soft cap gets shortened and and even some like the footy department, some guys won't be returning uh, for this year that you that you used to seeing around and and the other, um, the commercial ops department as well. So um, doesn't just affect the players; it affects everyone in the AFL injury industry, just like it has has the whole community. And um, basically, the answer is it's just a really shit situation, and we're just going to have to wait our way through it together. And um, I think we've got a we've got a pretty pretty close group um we're pretty well united um from top to bottom uh so i think we'll be able to get through it together but yeah something we're definitely mindful of so you've been in the leadership group for a couple of years now and obviously last year stood in for large parts of the season with with gears out how do you think that that um environment and taking on that that extra responsibility has has impacted your ability to to kind of lead the group through this period Has, has it had an impact do you think I think it. I think it definitely has. It's not. It hasn't been something that I've sat down and um, purposely thought about. But I think what I learned from from that experience was um, how much how much you need support from others when you when you do have that role. When you when you do fall into that role, you think you've you don't you don't think you've got to change who you are, but you feel like you've have got to have more. Um, you think, feel like you've got to be able to stretch yourself over the whole, the whole playing group a bit better, but it's, there's 45 on a list and or 46, 47 these days. And, um, and, and that's just impossible. So you've got to have a great, a great sort of team around you who can, um, who you can delegate to and, and get out messages. Otherwise what happens is you're getting, you're, you're sort of the main filter from, from the coaching staff to the playing group. And, and then all of a sudden you're getting asked questions from some other people in the footy department. All of a sudden you, your bucket's full and, and you're overloaded. So um, that's definitely something I learned from, from being in that role. And, and I suppose using that in this period is what we've tried to do as a leadership group is we've barely, we've barely trained together. Um, most of us guys in the leadership group over the whole over the over this whole period, we've really been trying to spread ourselves out around the monks of the group, so we can sort of check in and, and use our experience and, and help those guys um, get through this situation, or even just be a more experienced person to talk to. Because you've got guys that uh, are nineteen, twenty-year-old kids who have moved down to Melbourne from wherever they are, and um, all of a sudden their wage has been cut in half and they've still got to fork out rent and they're sort of, they're dealing with challenges um, that they've never, they've only just moved out of home and they've never really ever had to think about. So um, there's also that, those sorts of aspects going on as opposed to just the, the training aspect where you've got to try and keep yourself motivated um, to keep fit and ready to play again. And you, and you don't even know when that is. So um, from a leadership perspective, that's definitely something that I learned last year. Um, from taking on the captaincy over the years. Now, speaking of leadership, you, despite the 
lack of games still actually did lead the club into a victory just recently. Um, <laughs> yeah. How did you get? How did you get dobbed into the dice footy? <laughs> uh, that's just uh, when Telstra jumped on board. Oh, what's this year? Twenty twenty uh, at the end of twenty eighteen. Um, a few blokes from the the club got picked where they would have to do uh, a few little things for Telstra um, through the new de- through the new deal that they they'd done with the AFL. So um, that's how I got onto that one. But I was round one, so I think uh, I know Gresh. Gresh is another fella that might stay in round two if they're going to be around two, but. Um, yeah, that was sort of something. <laughs> oh, you got the best victory. It's always the best beat, Carl. So I know, and, um, and it was interesting because we actually we couldn't lose after after the third quarter. The, the game was sewn up. I didn't even have to roll. Yeah, <laughs> but it was just like it was classic honourable loss. Seb, <laughs> it's been uh, terrific to to have you with us. Um, obviously, you've developed into a, a very very good footballer for our, for our football club over over the, the last few years, and, and obviously a leader that. Had the captain of the club through some adversity last year, and obviously adversity I think sums up the, the situation for everybody at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but we know we're in, we're in safe hands with, with you guys, and uh, all the very best to when it does return. Hopefully that's sooner rather than later, and, um, and we can obviously get right behind you when that when that does occur. But uh, good luck, and thanks for joining us. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on. And good to see you guys are all staying safe. I hope your families are well.